I'm Sue Berman and this is Real Gold. Today I'm talking with Kirsty Webb, Principal of Manuscripts and Archives here at Ngāpātaka Kōrero, Auckland Libraries. She's selected some very interesting content for our Real Gold case for February. Kia ora Kirsty. Kia ora Sue. Thanks very much for making the time to talk with us today. Can you give me a little bit of an overview of what we're looking at here today? Um, right, well what you're looking at, so are two uh, weather registers from the 1830s, 1840s. The measurements that were recorded by Reverend uh, Richard Davis, who was with the Church Missionary Society. Yes. He came out from, he was a Dorsetshire farmer, and he came out with his wife Mary and four of their six children. They had another two who were born in New Zealand. Uh, but they came out via Australia and then came across 10 days later with Marsden to uh, the Church Missionary Society's mission in Paihia. Mm-hmm. And the family was settled there for around nine years before he was asked to move on to Waimati North to establish a, um, a model farm um, okay. at, at Waimati North. And so these, rec- these measurements um, in these these two volumes are his daily record of things like rainfall and he took a pressure measurement at midday. He noted things like cloud cover and he noted um, he noted just general weather conditions, also wind direction and strength and those kind of things. The, and the reason that that I've chosen them today um, are partly because of his own significance with the missionary society itself but also because we have uh, put them forward to be inscribed on the UNESCO Memory of the World Register. And that is um, in relation to their more contemporary mm. um, importance, and I'll explain that in a, in a moment. Yeah, well, I was just going to sort of say, you know, like, it's all about the weather. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and here we have some records dating back to very early um, observations in, in New Zealand, in Aotearoa. So he started in 1830, did you say? 1839, the, right, the, 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 he starts officially recording in these two volumes, although there is a, a journal of his down at uh, Hocken at um, Otago University, mm. and that suggests, the, the, some of his comments in that suggest that he actually started about 1836. But um, if those volumes, if that volume exists, then it's no longer in existence, but it's possible that it was more casual kind of. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because he's a, obviously he's a man of the church, you know, he's here missionising, but yet he's got this very science-based daily practice. Yeah, yeah. It, not unusual, actually. He was he came from a farming family, mm. and uh, if you've if you've grown up on a farm, you know that that you can't rely on. Um, you know, weather reports on radio. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> not in the 18, 1830s, no. <laughs> but even, like, I grew up on a farm, and even back in the 60s and 70s, um, farmers will record things like, like rainfall especially because mm. it has such a huge impact on their farming practice. Mm. And for a man like Richard Davis coming from a country like the UK, uh, from Dorset to the far north, uh, he needed to have a, a good understanding of what the climate was actually doing. So it was important for establishing um, 
farming practice and uh, he was he did some gardening as well he was a horticulturalist so you need to understand what's going on yeah, you mentioned he sort of started this model farm and I see this fabulous poster on the wall with by the case that looks like that's some kind of account of that farming yes yeah yeah the the house itself the mission house mm -hmm. which is um, also we have a photograph in it uh, in the case that Ron Clark took in in the late 50s I think mm. uh, wonderful photograph showing the the mission house itself which which um, in his time was called Swaraton that was the the name that was given to it and you can actually see it in the poster here mm. but you can also see there's quite a settlement they had a mill as well and uh, a church was built that church is still there and uh, so is the mission house for that matter and he, he also planted what was thought to be the, the earliest oak in New Zealand. Unfortunately, it blew over and died in a storm a few years back. Um, but again, Ron Clark took photographs of that too, so that's all pretty solidly documented. Mm. And he had he formed a relationship with, with local iwi or hapu in the area? He did. The Part of the purpose with the farm was to introduce... European farming techniques to local Māori and so he um, a lot of the young men from the district came and worked on the farm. Um, kind of interesting that, that um, the, the missionary society had that kind of evangelising thrust not just in terms of religion but in terms of, of agricultural practice particularly given that Maori had their own well-established ways of handling the, the climate and mm. farming and that, yeah. that you've got a nod to, to Waitangi um, in the case with um, having a record of the weather of the day on February 6 1840 yes that was uh, uh, sunny and variable and the the Days beforehand had been quite cloudy. The day after, the 7th, absolutely bucketed. And we know that that's uh, correct also because it's mentioned in some of the journals of people who were active participants at the signing of the treaty in Waitangi on the day. So uh, when I realised that the date, the start date of that journal, which is um, 1839, um, would encompass Waitangi Day, I was hoping that the, the, the day itself would be mentioned, and of course it was, so we're featuring that page in the case as well. Yeah. What do we know about the provenance? How did these diaries come to be part of the Auckland Library's collection? It came to us via the Old Colonists Museum, uh, which was kind of the forerunner of Auckland Libraries and Auckland Art Gallery and um, Auckland Museum itself, I think. But those collections, when the, the Colonists Museum uh, shut up shop, those collections were separated out and given to the institutions that replaced them. So Auckland Library's got a significant collection of um, documentary heritage that mm. came from that museum. Uh, but as, as far as how it came to the, the, the original Colonists Museum. It came via the family, the Davis family, who are still in New Zealand, and um, it was presented by um, the widow of the Reverend John King Davis. And that was in um, 1923. I'm sorry. Right. And I remember you talking about you know the, the accuracy of the um, of the measure mm. being later kind of tested. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? 
he was very consistent with, with what he recorded. He recorded his measurements at the same time each day, so from a scientific perspective that's important because that, that gives you um, comparable data, directly comparable data. Um, and he recorded it beautifully. His handwriting's amazing. Um, but these are standard measurements for meteorologists, and we know that they are accurate because a couple of NEWA scientists, Dr. Drew Laurie and Petra Pierce, uh, found these records in special collections. Um, Dr. Laurie had actually found them on the um, National Register of Archives and had found that, that reference to Davis. And when he saw the dates, realised straight away um, what he had. Well, he was just up the road, so he came down and he had a look, and he worked with Kate de Corsi, who was our senior curator at the time. He and, and Petra Pierce have taken that data. They've been able to compare it to naval recordings, naval data measurements, mm -hmm. because there were, the British Navy was in the, had an expedition in the uh, 1840s who were in New Zealand waters, so that's given them the ability to be able to see how accurate Davis's own weather records were. And uh, they call him New Zealand's first meteorologist because it looks like these are probably the earliest known land-based weather records that were taken on a consistent basis, and it's that consistency that's important. Mm. So um, because their particular interest, their scientific interest, is in climate change, they have been able to verify these records and then use them as baseline for measuring contemporary climate change. Right. So that, that actually brings the, the value of these records right into the, the present. Having gone through and flicked through the journals and seeing the entries, was there anything particularly surprising that stood out? Um, yeah, there was, and it was actually something that was re really surprising to the Niwa scientists as well, and that was that there was snowfall in, in Waimati North, and that happened on July the 13th in 1849, oh. and actually there was snow on the hills for a couple of days, and one of the things I think they're interested in is looking at how um, the temperatures relate back then to, to now and whether there have been kind of increases related to climate warming. But yeah, that was they, they are, that was particularly surprising because you don't associate snow with Northland. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Kirsty, for your time today. Um, and as always, we invite you, the listeners, to come in at any time to have a look at um, the content, either in this month of February, while it's in the Real Gold case, or any time you're welcome to request.